You're listening to the One of Us .net podcast network. This podcast brought to you by Oscar Blues Brewing with four locations: Austin, Texas, Boulder, Colorado, Longmont, Colorado, and Brevard, North Carolina. It is the original craft brew in a can, and we recommend that you try it. And by our subscribers, you guys are the reason that we exist at all. You want to support One of Us .net? You enjoy these podcasts? Please think about becoming a subscriber. I mean, this movie, there was so many aspects to it, and it was a cohesive movie, and it was enjoyable. And it was how many characters? 10, 15? It was a lot of characters. characters. Yeah, and fucking uh, uh, Justice League, it was like five, and they couldn't do shit with it. You know, like, this this just proves how bad DC, how and, bad of a, do- a job DC does. And, and the other thing is, the CG is just an entirely CG bad guy in both movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanos is just like so impressive, and he's just like this mean motherfucker. And every time you see him on screen, you're just like, he's gonna he's gonna kill something. The ridges on his chin. Like, <laughs> Can we just talk about this ball sack? Yeah, 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 yeah the, 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 the Balchinian. <laughs> he was like, uh, I don't know. It, it was like a there's a disgust every time I, he came on the screen, which was weird for a giant blue guy, <laughs> but he was disgusting. Yeah. What I liked about the movie the most was Thanos had a point. Like, despite how how bad his point was, or whatever, he wasn't just it wasn't he just wasn't just like, laughing like the Joker. Right, exactly. He had like he had a reason, and in his mind, it was noble. Yeah, and he and and, and, and he pays dues without spoiling anything. So. Yeah. Oh, okay, and this is uh, not the review for Infinity War. This is books and beer. We're a podcast where we drink books and we read beer. What? Did you do that first? No. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, that? no, I just made it up just now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't been sitting on it for a week. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was working on that one yeah. for a while. I had a couple of tri-fail cycles that I had to get through. To yeah. Why are you reading off notes right now? Oh. Uh, uh, he's got, he's yeah, got a Google funny. Doc of funny jokes to say. <laughs> yeah, funny, <laughs> funny notes. Yeah. Um, so I'm Zach Chapman. I'm a writer. Today we're going to be discussing tonight, today, this evening, uh, The Dying Earth. We, which when you're hearing it <laughs> this morning. <laughs> on your commute. By the crickets you can hear in the background, it's night. <laughs> By the, the neighbor's dog barking. <laughs> it could be any time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually have uh, written a short story in The Dying Earth. Subgenre, and totally uh, not the reason why we we read this genre. By the way, he, we read it because it was totally like, organic that we read this genre. My favorite. It wasn't so genre. he could talk about his story. Wait, this is your favorite genre? This is one of my favorite subgenres. It's pro. I I really like. So it's a subset of science fantasy, and I like. Um, I like it a lot, but I'll, I'll get into that. But yeah, first, yeah, we're, we're, who, who, who are you? Who, uh, who are you? My name is Andrew Hilbert. I'm a writer. Um, I'm also a bartender, and I poop a lot. Nice. I've been I've been I've been saving that one for a week. <laughs> How'd it go? <laughs> How are your notes on that? Uh, I'm Miguel Villa. I'm a podcaster. I don't really do shit else. I don't know why I'm on here. I keep the trash empty, dude. Every You're time you say jokes. that, every time you say that, man, yeah. Yeah, I can feel this sadness <laughs> emanating from you. Yeah, I really wish I was a creative, but I'm not. I'm totally You're not. You're a critiquer. 
No. You critique our jokes. I make fun of people that actually create shit. So. <laughs> and it makes me feel better. Well, okay. So, yeah, I love this subgenre. One thing I feel about Dying Earth is that anything feels possible when you're reading it. Like, you could have something, like, really horrific. Like, you could have, like, some really horror-based stuff. You can have really, like, sci- sci-fi, like, flying cars or you could have just straight magic with sorcerers and and weird uh, magical things going on. That's more in the fantasy realm. So that's why I say it's like a it's a subset of kind of catch all science fantasy. Well, See, I mean, so I, I guess you have to define it. But at the same time, reading through these, I felt like they were sword and sorcery. They take place so far in the future. That they could have taken place so far in the past. Yes. You know? And I feel like calling it the dying, dying Earth aspect of it seems like it's only about setting. So, I, correct me. I disagree. Well, uh, Miguel. Yeah. Well, how would you define Dying Earth having hated it so much? Um, I didn't hate all of it. I liked some. As- I liked one aspect of it. Um, it really just seems like it takes place really far in the future where people have, uh, we've kind of evolved or maybe devolved in some instances. And, um, it really feels like, fa- like a fantasy, like a, yeah, like sword and fantasy. Right? Yeah, yeah. It reminded me of sword and sorcery. Yeah. Well, yeah. Especially the, um, uh, Jack Vance. Jack Vance. Yeah. Well, Jack Vance for sure. Yeah. So, uh, we'll, when we're talking about Jack Vance, I, I do want to bring it up because we're talking about sword and sorcery. Do y'all remember C.L. Moore that we talked about? Yeah. So that was his favorite author growing up. Jack, Jack Vance's. Uh, C.L. Moore was Black Hearts Kiss? Yeah. yeah. Her, she was his favorite author. Okay. So it, it kind of makes sense that it does feel a little bit more like yeah. So well, guys, first of all, I need the beer in oh. the books and beer. Okay. Well, so... Let's well, get that going. Get popping, dude. Shit. Right. Yeah, what are we... So we're drinking... Um, we're drinking La Fin du Monde, which means the end of the world. So I think it's pretty pretty fitting. Says it's a Belgian-style triple ale, which would mean it's like a wheat beer and very strong. Yeah. It looks really good. Um, so funny you mentioned C.L. Moore is um, the Clark Ashton Smith story. Really... Remind me of Black God's Kiss. For really? Reason. For whatever. I, it, it reminded and then, me. And then, and then the, the, the decade's the same. Oh, you got to pour it for. Oh, I'm sorry. What, uh, oh, yeah. do I work here? The fuck is. Hey, oh, oh. Pour I, your I, own I'm goddamn sorry. beer. Sorry. I guess you just keep the trash <laughs> empty. <laughs> yeah, once you're done with that, I'll make sure it goes in the trash. Fucking Chicago Cubs cap fuck, on. I, I had to pay for this goddamn beer. You want me to pour it for you as well? Uh, you, I, 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 I bought pizza. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm this isn't pizza and periodicals. <laughs> this is books and beer, dude. Dude, new podcast. <laughs> pizza. Hey, so what'd you read the news today? Uh, Kanye West like Donald Trump? Uh, that piece of shit. Both of them. Pizza and periodicals. This has a lot of head. It's probably because probably it was uh, transported warm. <laughs> does, does that cause that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we just put it in the freezer for a little bit. So. Yeah. I'm sorry, I have a 9-to-5 job and I picked it up at lunch. You know, you're awfully combative. (laughs) (laughs) I'm combative because this goddamn genre pissed me off. I know it's your favorite genre. Yeah, I I do think it is a setting more than um, 
than maybe like a stylistic thing. But I do think that the setting has a effect on some stylistic things. Like there is the difference between this and post-apocalyptic is post-apocalyptic is, is very shortly after the apocalypse Yeah, where this is like three or four apocalypses could have happened in the time that this takes place. Like the, the sun is literally dying in every single one of these stories. Yeah. So it's like millions of years, right? Yeah. Like billions of years, I think several billion years. So we're not, I mean, they're like post humans, yeah. Maybe. I mean, they don't describe them. Like, who, I don't even know. Is Severian, what does he even look like? like? Yeah, they don't describe features. Yeah. And on one of the covers, he's all, he's like a gray person on mm. one of the covers. On yeah. one, I mean, they, they have different interpretations yeah. of how he looks. And they do mention his beard being blue or beards being blue, but I mean, yeah. that could just be black. That could be, yeah, black. Could yeah. be gray, yeah. too. Or gray, yeah. yeah. Or like, um, you know, like, like a dog's. Brindle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah, so I think that one... Uh, hu- it's not humanity dying out. It's, like, literally, like, the Earth is dying and there's nothing you can do. So there is a, a different sense of hopelessness that I think happens in dying Earth. In just that there is, the Earth will die. Like, we've gotten to the point where, you know, it, it doesn't matter humans could live or not like they could go off to the stars but like our planet is i mean that's inevitable whether humans survive or not um you know that that's debatable but Mm -hmm. the earth will die at some point and Mm -hmm. that's kind of something that i think about when i read this that makes it adds like a little extra sense of like maybe despair like hopelessness but i mean obviously not in all not they're not not all the stories are hopeless, but there's just like that kind of underlying everything. Um, I think there's less of a despair than like a post-apocalypse kind of setting because the end of the world's in inevitability and not at humans causing. So I saw it feels less hopeless in the weird sense. Yeah. Um, it's just that, Oh, this is happening. Everything, every, everything's going to be destroyed. Right. I mean, they've already gone, through apocalypses. Yeah, right. And so they're still alive yeah. and it's just like, well, uh, it's going to end at some point. Like that's referenced in the dying earth. Yeah. Well, it'll happen at some point. You know, yeah. we don't, we don't know when. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is it about? Like what's, what is it about this particular genre that speaks to you? So what speaks to me is just that anything can happen. So you can have someone who's like, fighting with a sword next to someone who's casting a spell next to someone who's shooting a gun yeah. or flying in an, an air car or using like a lightsaber or like there's just like anything can happen. It's so batshit crazy that there's like time travel. There's all this crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The- um, that's what I, I love. I love mixing genres and this is like the epitome of mixing genres. Like fucking anything can happen. There's and it doesn't feel awkward when someone when like a gun is referenced in, or at least for me on the second read, it, it never felt awkward when they mentioned the use of guns mm-hmm. in um, Shadow of the Torture. Even though he's just he's part of a guild and he's just walking around with a sword. Uh, yeah, a justice sword. Yeah. So. 
I don't know. That's what I like about it. Okay. I think, to me, it's like the mixing of genres is... I mean, it seemed like the worlds still operate within their own rule set. So, I don't know. I don't know. I think the Jack Van stuff was the most batshit, like, all over the place. Uh, more so than Shadow of the Torturer. But maybe the C.J. Cher ones. Oh, well, you haven't... Yeah, yeah. Sh- Shadow of the Torture. So we will have a part two where right now we've just read the first book. But the Shadow of the Torture becomes insane. Okay. It's, it, it becomes very insane. Okay. Like, time travel and all kinds of weird shit. Uh, and well, I can't wait. Yeah, and more and weird, more weird sci-fi yeah. stuff. And the... Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that yeah. when we get there. But um, I guess one of the first stories in this genre is by Clark Ashton Smith, who I've read a couple of stories for, and I just, I'm not the biggest into his style, because uh, his style is very like H.P. Lovecraft to me. Um, He summarizes things, he uses archaic language, he uses like purposefully dense words, and sometimes it's like cool, like Mm -hmm. a couple of the sentences are cool, but... I'm always like having to look up words and it's just, it's difficult for me to, you can't just breeze through that story. The, the story that we read by Clark Ashton Smith was the dark Adalon. And it's basically about, it's a very simple, very sword and sorcery style story yeah. um, where a kid gets trampled by a prince when he's growing up and then he leaves and becomes like this great wizard and it's his, like, revenge on the prince. And he, like, summons these ghost, uh, these these ghost horses to, like, run through the mm. his kingdom. And then there's this, like, really badass moment where he summons, like, giant, giant horses. Like, ethereal horses that, like, come out of the clouds. I, I thought that imagery was really cool. The things that happen are really cool if you can just get past the the style in which they're written. It might lend itself, and maybe already did, to like an animated movie or... Uh, yeah. I think that might be oh, really yeah. cool to see. Oh, yeah. I, I, that's what I felt with this genre was that it would be really good translated to film or animation or something like that. Because for me, I've said this before, I'm not smart enough for a lot of, a lot of the... The, the style of writing that they were doing, it just annoyed me more than anything. Um, but I do think it would be bad. Do you know if they did, like, an animation or anything on it? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Okay. So I didn't have as much of a problem with the language as you prepared me for. Man, maybe it was just this story. The story seemed pretty straightforward. The, the Dark Eight along? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It seemed pretty straightforward, kind of like pretty easy to follow. I also did listen to, like, an audio version of it. Uh-huh. So, I you know. I wasn't, like, pouring over words with the dictionary next to me. Yeah. But this reminded me, this was a story that reminded me of Sword and Sorcery, and I think I messaged y'all and said something like, is the only thing that makes this dying Earth is that in the very beginning they mentioned the last continent on Earth? Yeah. And it's just like, so it's, so the, at that time, this wouldn't be considered a dying Earth story when it came out. It was like 35, no. right? 1935. Um. Yeah, I thought it was in the 40s, but if it's as early as the 30s... Yeah. This would just be a straight-up sword yeah, and Yeah, this would have been considered sword and sorcery at the time. And it, it's actually, stylistically, it, it reads a lot like, um, to me, it reads a lot like the death that came to Sarlath. Or, uh, I don't know if you ever read that story by 
um, Sarnath that um, it's an H.P. Lovecraft story mm-hmm. that's it's kind of like a, a summary of like a, it's very fantasy like yeah. and it's in that one I think it's like on another kind of alien yeah. uh, planet yeah and uh, where there's like a revenge thing and then there's you know it's about a city as much as it is about you know a revenge type plot yeah. and it reads very similar and and he was. He was like, uh, I think he was his favorite writer. He was H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's favorite writer, like okay. up, you know, next generation. Because he right. w- he was a kid reading H.P. Lovecraft, who really inspired him in in like the twenties and thirties, yeah. and then then he started writing in the thirties and forties. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's exactly that. It's the only reason I include it is because I, he, Vance has referenced it mm-hmm. as like inspiration, and I think Wolf has too. Okay, so it's like it's definitely there. Yeah. And I mean, he was a huge writer. He he wrote in Lovecraftian canon or whatever the mythos. Yeah. He he wrote mythos stories, but a bunch of writers did. Yeah. Um, but he was like one of the main ones. Yeah. Is this another one of those things where people were writing in the genre, they just didn't know it was a genre until somebody comes along and kind of makes it their own, and then you stuff all. All these other stories into the yeah, genre. That's what I would call it. Just like with sword and sorcery, yeah, or body uh, as well. Fr- Fritz Lieber coined the term, yeah. but there was sword and sorcery twenty years before right. he wrote that shit. Right. So, yeah, then a lot of it. I, I I actually like this story, and I guess because I was listening to it, um, I wasn't as fatigued by all the summaries, you know, the summaries of everything. Hmm. But um, I thought there was some really cool imagery in the story, like what you said, the horses and stuff like that. But then there was a the whole thing where, like, the gods turn, yeah, on, on, on the on the on the guy who's getting revenge, yeah, because they don't like how he's torturing the woman in yeah. front of the guy, and so they let the horses run over him too, and then they, and, but they also destroy his town, yeah, and um, so I mean, I thought that was. Pr- I thought it was pretty fucking cool. It really reminded me of C.L. Moore's kind of style with the Black God's Kiss, which is why I just, I don't know, it just felt dark, and the revenge story kind of thing was like a parallel to C.L. Moore's. And it turns out that they were written around the same time, right? Like yeah. In the 30s. So, yeah. No, I, I really liked it. It's just, um, so especially some of his other stuff, it's just a little dense for me to, to get through. But yeah. I mean, I found a lot of, like, science fiction and fantasy writers have this, like, they have really great ideas and really great plots, but there is this, like, they fall back on summarizing everything. Yeah. Or, like, world building to the point of, just let me figure it out, you know? Yeah. Or just have the Which is the exact opposite of the book that we're going to talk about, because there's, like, world building, but there's no explanation for a shit. Right, right. So, but, so, and then you, the world unfolds, which is, like, to me, that's part of the joy of reading. If you tell me every aspect of the world before I get to the story, I'm never going to get to the story. Yeah. You know what I mean? I find, like, there's a lot of science fiction, that, a, lot, a lot of science fiction and fantasy that does that, even, like, popular stuff. Um, so... This beer's good. <laughs> yeah. Miguel? I actually like it. Yeah. Do you, do you have any final thoughts? I mean, what, would you give it a pass? What would you do for Dark Adelon? Dude, don't ask you, me. You're not. Well, let's hear, let's hear it. Don't ask me about pass or fail or whatever on this because they're all going to be passes for me except for one, which uh, this well, CJ's share of. Well, I guess we're, we'll roll into that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. w- this is the first time I read that uh, as well. 
so this is a CJ Shara. How do you pronounce it? She's I, I say Shara, just because of the H at the end. Can okay. you? Yeah, can we spell that for the listeners? So, C-H-E-R-R-Y-H? Yeah. Yeah. You're not getting any um, any points with that on Words with Friends, because that is not a word. It's <laughs> not a word. No. So. Sunfall is, uh, is the book, was the. the it's a fix-up. Yeah, the collection we read and the actual story was the only death in the city. Yeah, and so that collection is um, a dying Earth collection about different cities in, right before the Earth goes, you know, yeah. you know, gets eaten by the sun or whatever. And this one in particular was about Paris, but the city that she describes is like nothing like Paris. Yeah, so this yeah. is your favorite story. You want to get into it? Yeah. So they have. Um so it's towards the end of the earth, right? And so, and so this is, as we discussed earlier, pr- the millions of years in in, in the future, mm-hmm. right? And so Paris is they uh, is it walls that they built around the city, or is it a fort, or is it a shield? I forget um, it, how it, they describe it. Yeah, it, uh, it's like a encased. Yeah, like everyone doesn't. No one leaves the city. Think of like like Wakanda, but. It's not as futuristic, right? Yeah. And so um, it's kind of its own enclosed society. And um, and this is one of the things I wanted to ask you guys about. Um, what they're saying is the um, when people die, their souls, you know, go back into newborns. And so it's just this cycle of birth, death, reincarnation, reincarnation um, to the point of, you know, they've been doing this for eons. And to the point where everybody's just bored because they've lived everything, you know. And uh, every once in a while, there's a new, a new soul that wasn't born before, and this is their first time going in. And these, it's rare. And uh, this story is about one of those people. Yeah. And, and his name isn't. I'm not remembering. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was. It started with an A, I think. Jade something. Yeah, and it was a little, a little Romeo, uh, a little William Shakespeare's with the Romeos and the Capulets. Like they had different, yeah. two different societies yeah. kind of thing. The, yeah. There were there was a, definitely kind of like a caste system going on, and then there were uncles that had like blood mm-hmm. feuds. That every time they were reincarnated, they would hate each other because um, they would remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, like once they're like five or four one. or one. Yeah, yeah, really early they start remembering who they were, and then you know they they hate each other from you know that one time they killed each other. Off or rip, they're just ready to kill each yeah. other. Yeah, which is uh, is awesome. I love it. I I love the uh, the setting in that one. It's yeah. really cool. There's uh, there there's also like a like a feeling of um, fate and inevitability in this one too because. At the end, it seemed like the two uncles that were always fighting or whatever, yeah. they were like betting on somebody's, they were betting on someone's suicide. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, she didn't make it to this many years, <laughs> you know? And then here she goes, does it again. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they, those two uncles who are always like at each other's throats and kill each other in each life, um, towards, uh, towards the end of the uh, story, they they kill each other. They come back and they're actually in, in one life they're twins. Yeah, right. And then we fast forward a bunch of other lives and they're lovers. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is I, I just think that this story is so inventive. Um, it kind of answers that. Well, it doesn't answer the question, but it attempts to answer the question of reincarnation. Like, would you want to be reincarnated reincarnated forever? And these uh, these people kind of uh, have this lazy fair attitude where. 
You just continue to do the same thing and just reincarnate it. Well, what, what's the religion that believes in reincarnation? Buddhism, um, Hinduism. Yeah, Hinduism, Buddhism. And they believe in um, reincarnation, but getting better mm-hmm. each life so that eventually you get to Nirvana, Nirvana which is non-existence, right? So where this society is totally in on themselves... They just love themselves to death, and so they. They, they it'd be so funny if, if the if the Buddhists were correct, but these people just never attain that level of nirvana, yeah. you know. And the, the there's also a death in the city, which is like an actual human being, which I, yeah I love. Yeah, which is cool that you can like talk to and just ask for them to kill you, and then they when they kill you when you die, you don't return. Right. Yeah. Um, she's kind of like uh, she's and it's a she, which is great. Yeah. And she's kind of like this gun. Slinger who who's gone away and nobody's seen her for a while, but she's brought back um, because our main character, kind of Aiden, Aiden? Aiden. Aiden. I think. he falls in love with uh, a woman from another cast or another house who's like one of the oldest souls, oldest families, oldest souls, right? And um, he falls in love with her, and you know they they hook up one night and literally all night. She makes yeah. she makes a point to let you know that it's uh, repeatedly throughout the night they're hooking up, and then um, so they hook up, and then in the morning she's like, "All right, I'm kind of done with you. You were just like I was really bored, and you were interesting for the night, but be gone, you peasant." So yeah, because he well he's like an infant to her because yeah. he's like 18 years old, and she's like a million years old. Right, right. So. Well, like. Physically, she's like twenty years old, or, yeah, or whatever. But me- mentally, you know, her soul is millions of years old. Yeah. Right? So, so anyway, so um, he falls in love with her. She kind of uh, she disses him, and he convinces her because she's so bored. It's, it's there's this society of like of like people who just don't have shit to do. They're so bored with their lives that he proposes something to her. They like and, drama. They yeah. love drama. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he proposes that, um, marry me. Uh, oh no, actually she proposed the idea, right? She's like, uh, she's joking. And he's like, fuck I'll do. Yeah. Right. He's like, I love you. I've loved you for four years. And she's like four years. Come on. Yeah, right. yeah. The fuck is four years. Yeah. She's like, I've had guys that love me like 18 <laughs> lifetimes. Like, yeah. This is my, yeah. oh yeah. By the way, me and my husband from a previous life and, right. it's, a, and it's a woman, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, um, She's like, okay, I'll marry you for the four years that you've loved me, but afterwards you have to kill yourself. Right? But death, a real death. death, yeah, real death, yeah, like real death. And he's like, done, let's do it, yeah. And so they get married the next day, or probably the same day, I don't remember. And then uh, very quickly they go through the first like three years of their life where they're just boning every day. Um, no, right? Were they? Wow. Well, no, no, no. It I'm seems not- like she was in misery. Yeah, because she was like, oh, what the she fuck? did not like that dick. Yeah, she didn't yeah. like that that infant dick, yeah. that baby dick. Yeah. So yeah, so okay. it's hard when it's when it's not hard. <laughs> dude, you got fingers. You got anyway. Yeah, uh, what's a kid gonna know about that, dude? That's true. like that's like master level stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's the final. Yeah. That's the final boss. Anyone dude. can stick it in, but to wiggle it, dude, come on. It is no about whiskey dick yet. So. <laughs> So anyway, so uh, three years passes, and she's um, she doesn't want she's fed up, right? She's miserable, 
if I'm um, understanding correctly, she betrays him. Yeah, she betrays him. Are they living at his house right now? His like, oh yeah, yes. And she wants to go back to her 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 house. And when we say when we say house, we don't mean like you know like single apartment dwelling. Yeah, it's it's a house full of you know hundreds of thousands of people or whatever. So she she convinces him to take uh, to go back to her house. Then she sets him up. Um, her oh well, going back, Death makes an appearance. Yeah, at their wedding night, right, and shows up and ki- gives him literally the kiss of death, right, and basically like, see you in four four years, pimping. Yeah, you know. So <laughs> so three years passes. Um, they go back to her house. She sets him up. They basically kick him out and take him to death to literally death's door. Right. Yeah, they're like. Kill his ass because she's like doesn't want to be in the, under the contract anymore. Pretty much, or she's she can't stand being married. Right, and she whatever. says yeah. that one that, more year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, and she says that she loves him, but he's like, you were never, you've never been yeah. able to love anybody. Or yeah. So um, I don't know how do we want to spoil it or yeah, I mean, spoil well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good, it's, yeah. yeah, and it's good. So, it's really, I mean, and, there, and there's other stories. And it's that a very are, short. It's twenty yeah. less than twenty pages, and I feel like so much happens. In yeah. It. And um, so anyway, so um, it takes it back to death's, death's door. I'm, I'm kind of drawing a blank what happens here. Does So death sh- actually doesn't end up killing him. He becomes another death. Yeah. yeah. So he be, he's basically one of the people that at, at the end of the story that you can go. Right. That's how that's how well, I felt. Well, like. well, it was it was. You, you for as long as you want. Yeah, basically. yeah. You, you you you're only born once, and you don't die and become somebody else. You're just the death bringer. Yeah. Um, what? But what was the aspect of that? Was she also mentioned that she had only one life? Death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Death, I death also said like I am also have only one life. Yeah. So kind of you you kind of think maybe only new souls can turn into into death. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't get yeah. that. That's yeah. good. Yeah. That's. Yeah, you like that? That's good. See what happens when I like a story? I'm yeah. fucking animated as fuck right I mean, now. This is it, a good story. It yeah. was fucking yeah. badass. Great. But wait, it, it didn't. It's not over there. Well, right? So. There's like one more paragraph. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. <laughs> no, it is a really good, <laughs> interesting story. It's a fucking plot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck no. I don't. Finish. <laughs> well, now I got a performance anxiety. Do you want me to finish it? For me. Yeah, finish. You're like a new soul, dude. Finish, finish it for me. So so then he comes for her soul, right? At the yeah. end? Yeah. Yeah, because he's like the he's the only... No, right? but what he does is uh, she, Death goes back to her house because she's uh, Death doesn't like the fact that she was trying to renege on the deal. Yeah. And then he's going to... Uh, death is going to take her at that point. And... He uh, makes the deal with Death saying... No, take me instead. Yeah. And then... He's like kind of paused, wait around, make sure she says no, no. But she's like, yeah, do it. And he's like, you bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, and so that, and then, then at that point, that's when he becomes a death. Yeah. And then at the very, very end of the story, it's where he can, it's, it basically sets up when he wants to, he kills her and himself. Right? Like no, that's, I, that I, I took it, it that she was, um, therefore cursed to die at the age of 22. Mm-hmm. At the at the age of twenty two, every every life that she lives, oh, she always yeah. she always dies at the age of twenty two. Get fucked. Yeah, and it's always it's always like a suicide. And at this point, we're so far in the future that everybody's like, "Oh, there's there's that bitch goes, got that crazy ass bitch. She's jumping off the fucking 
That, yeah. Wow, I mean, that's that's really good. That yeah. ending's really good. What a, you know, yeah. is there any like commentary going on in this? Because it's hard to transport. I mean, it's hard for us to transport ourselves to when this book was written. Mm. What could they possibly be commenting on? Because I have no idea. But do you guys get any sense that they're commenting on like uh, a la- like, like not a lazy society, but maybe a society that's just like into drama? Or whatever, just like sitting around doing nothing. Well, but, but back then, I mean, people were still there was the tabloids, right? Yeah, yeah. And I felt like all of these things that they they love tabloid style events, like this mm-hmm. the, this certain level of the cast, yeah, like that. So maybe her commentary is just like seeing all those tabloids, like checking out. When she's getting her groceries and she's just like, wow, these fucking people are idiots. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Well, I think it's important to point out, that we, which we didn't, that this was the lone female writer in yeah. the books. Well, was- also, no people of color, almost exclusively white men write in this genre. I mean, there's not a whole lot of writers for this genre because it's not a ubiquitous genre. It's, it's a numbers not, game. Yeah, it's it's most... Yeah, most science fiction writers are white male dudes, especially at that time. Yeah. And and if you were not, you are likely a white woman who was lying about being a white woman. So that's just... Went and, by your initials. Yeah, went by and, initials. And, and yeah. get, what did this person do? Went by her initials. Yeah. Even though this was... This is actually... This written, is like the 70s or 80s, Yeah, this right? is 70s or 80s. Yeah. So there's, there's plenty of women writers in the 70s and 80s, but... Um. Yeah. So uh, this was a definite, a definite read for me. This was so entertaining. I, I really, I want to read the the rest of that book. It's good. Yeah. So uh, I read a, another one of the stories, High Rise, um, about New York, and its city is just this enormous high rise that's basically grown fatter and fatter and fatter. Mm. Like as it, it's grown out mm. and up, and it keeps. And the the main character is one of the builders that it hangs off the side of the enormous city's high rise and widens it, makes it larger. So, um, yeah, Yeah, it's a recommend for me. Yeah. Yeah. I I liked it a lot. Um, I like all this shit a lot though. So (laughs) yeah, I mean, I, 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 I liked, I liked everything. I liked that one in particular because I felt like the style, the, the writing style was fucking was more modern. Yeah. Yeah. It felt, it felt like it could have been written yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was pretty quick paced. A lot fucking happened in twenty pages. Yeah, a lot happened. It could have been a it could have been a novella. Yeah, you know? it was good, but it wasn't. It was economy of words. It was great. And and you you said something that this was the most approachable. It's the, uh, it was the one that I didn't think that you'd hate. I mean, I read all of it, but honestly, I didn't think that you would have hated this genre uh, any more or less than cyberpunk. But you just happened. It, I, it could be that this shit just piling up. Yeah, I, I, I just my default is to think that you won't like all the stuff, and for whatever reason you like cyberpunk, and for whatever reason you like sword and sorcery. Yeah. So I was again, I was thinking, oh, he's gonna hate this. Yeah, and, and he did. you were right, and I was yeah, right this time. Right. I, I got yeah. one, one out, out of three. three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, yeah, but to the listeners, you know, we had just made that statement that. Um, mostly white men write in this genre. Yeah. If anyone knows of like a dying earth author or story that's not written by a white man, you know, like let us know. Yeah, well, I would really like to cover it cuz we actually we're covering both of the females that I've seen that aren't just in like one anthology. Right. That are actually like she wrote this whole book of dying earth and then um then there's another woman that we'll be covering in our next episode. 
that that also uh, did a whole book in it. Yeah. So also has an unpronounceable last name. Doris yeah. Pisarchia. Yeah. I, I did actually get a little thing here. How to pronounce C.J. Shera? And we're gonna play it. Well, play it, dude. C.J. Cherry. Oh. Sharia. 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 Like Sharia law? Sharia, dude. She's a Muslim? Nothing? That didn't uh, land at all? Yeah, dude. Cut that can shit. You, can you get Red out of my house, Miguel. dude? Cut it out. I don't think, uh, I, I don't think you're woke enough, dude. <laughs> yeah. I so, woke you with your eyes closed, dude. Th- this was the most surprising story to me because I didn't expect anything out of it. I mean, I, I expected what I got out of the... Uh, you don't really expect Clark- a lot out of female writers, do you? No way. No. Not a chance. No, I'm just kidding. I... I I was just surprised because I'd never heard of her. Yeah. And now I'm like, I was like Googling her books because I was like, well, but they're really long. Are, there, so I can't. are they out of print? Like, because all I could find, I mean, no, admittedly, I the cover I found was really great. Yeah, it's a great find, cover. Like, I couldn't find much. Nah, she has uh, stuff on Audible, I think. Oh. I, yeah, it's like, it looks almost generic. like it's out of print because yeah. a lot of those Audible, uh, those uh, Audible recordings are. Pretty bad. Yeah. You know? yeah. The ones we heard, uh, which one was it that was skipping on the Turn the tape. Turn the tape. <laughs> Turn the tape. Yeah, it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool. I liked it. It was, it was weird. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So let's uh, – we'll, we'll wrap up that segment where – I mean, I give both pass. – I'm going to give a pass to everything. but Or not pass, but like I give a thumbs up like you yeah. should read it. Like, pass it into the view of yeah. your eyes and read it. Yeah. <laughs> like a – Definitely like five gushers up. Yeah, five <laughs> gushers up in that one. Out of how many, though? Out of, out of five gushers. Okay, cool. Right, five out of five um, gushers. So I would say The Dark, Edelon, it's not, to me, it's not essential reading. Yeah. The CJ Shara stuff is pretty incredible. I mean, it's definitely worth reading. I mean, you, you should f- read this, and then you'll be like the one person who's read this really cool thing and bring it up to your friends because they're going to be blown away by it. Yeah. Because no one knows. No, I had to like do a bunch of research because we wanted women. We wanted minorities. And this was like uh, this and this other woman were the only people we could find. Yeah. Um, and it's just awesome that we're blown away by it. Yeah. So I just love finding those little gems and just sharing them. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, and there's going to be a, there's going to be a link on the website to uh, click on. Yeah. Uh, it's Sunfall by CJ Sharon. That is something you should definitely pick up. But below this audio on the oneofus.net website, you'll see a link that you click on and get it. And you should get it. Bring it to a party. You'll be the coolest idiot over there. <laughs> yeah. Also, if you're listening to this uh, and you like this podcast, you should check out other podcasts on oneofus.net. And uh, if you do like it, subscribe. Subscribe. It's yeah. only two bucks and they could really use your help. And, you know, I mean, You'll feed Chris, but then you'll also keep our podcast alive, yeah. or at least on one of us. Yeah, and you're gonna you, got, you want to keep us drunk because we want to stay yeah. drunk. Yeah, we want to be drunk. Yeah. Speaking of, we need speaking of, we need more beer. Yeah, we need, we need more beer, and then we got to move on to uh, Jack Vance's The Titular Dying Earth. All right. All right. Uh, so let's talk about The Dying Earth by Jack Vance. Uh, okay. Let's, let's, let me pull up my notes. <laughs> So Miguel, what was your, no, 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 what was no, your no, favorite no. story in nope. the Dying Earth by Jack Vance? Um, the, all of it. God damn it! All, um, all of it being that they're equally hate hated, so that we're also. I have like already. It's, it's, I'm admittedly not a fan of this subgenre, so I'm not the first person. To so talk to. 
obviously Jack Vance is the guy who is, is coined, he the man? He's the man. Okay. He's the guy who coined the term Dying Earth. He named uh, this fix-up novel of five short stories. Um, they're all, you know, in the same setting that we've talked about where the earth is just about to die and there's a bunch of magicians and there's uh, people, magicians that like grow humans in vats, kind of like Frankenstein style. And did you, what? No, no, no. no. Which story was that? Because that that was one of them I really like. I like that was the very first one. Yeah. That one's, uh, what is it? Uh, Turgeon of Mir. And Turgeon is brought up three or four times. They're in in three or four of the stories. He's like, he's the one that teaches the main character how to create humans. So, this this person like wants to make life and he creates creatures that just die out of that like he's creating them with vats and like science and like magic and shit and then they die. And then so he's on earth and then he teleports to like some other planet that's like really per- like this perfect like little planet and I kind of like imagine it like a for some reason I just kind of like imagine it like Dragon Ball Z like those little planets. I don't yeah. know why. I don't know why I did that. Uh, well, I, 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 I haven't watched the episode of Dragon Ball Z, so I... Um, so, the artificial lady, how do you pronounce her name? Fuck. That's, I mean, the story that, 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 that had her as, like, the central... That's the second one. Second one, yeah, I like that one a lot. And it just, you know, that, that one was actually, to me, kind of funny. So, 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 yeah, I really... The, the second one's my favorite story. It's It's one of my favorite stories of all time. Uh, only, only because of the world building, yeah. actually, because like the story is just like it is what it is. But uh, oh, no, maybe it's the third story. This the second story is about like this evil magician, and he's just like it starts off, and he's like walking through his evil garden, and the way they just dis- the way Jack Vance describes the plants yeah. is like bananas insane. He's talking about planets that are like made of metal yeah. and planets that the plants that eat people and yeah. plants that like are effervescent and shit. Like it's just really crazy. I think Jack Vance is um, um absolute master, master of uh uh not necessarily world building but imagery. Like, his imagery, like, the way he paints a scene is just, like, you're there and, like, you see, like, you're, like, walking around those characters, even if the characters aren't, like, well-developed or they don't have great dialogue. Especially because this is early Jack Vance. The dialogue's not amazing. The characters aren't, like, really cool. But, yeah, I I really loved, I, I loved this, but, like, you have to have, like, you have to go in knowing, like, this is, like, his first fix-up. It was written in the 50s. He created this genre. It's a lot of it's based off of sword and sorcery. Um, but he it's named like, the genre. Yeah, he named the genre. I mean, he pretty much created it. I mean, so, but did he did he coin that term as a genre, or was that just the name of his, of his collection? I'm pretty sure other people coined the term after his book. Okay, so, so his, they, they used his book's name as, yeah. like, the genre. Okay. Yeah, because I think Fritz Leiber was would do essays and shit, and so okay. that's why he invented Sword and Sorcery, but this, like, was right. based off of his work. Okay. Um, I liked, I mean, on a base level, I liked everything, but, at the, you know, I mean, there was a lot of reading, and I, yeah. I think it was deceptive, because it felt like we were reading a lot less things, but... 
Sh- uh, Shadow of the Torture is like 300 pages long. Yeah, it's really long. Um, and I was really into that one. And so this one I kind of like rushed through without appreciating things. That being said, like there are certain things I actually really liked. Like the characterization of the lady. Yeah, there's two There's two ladies. The uh, Turgeon makes a woman and it's wrong. Like right. he, he builds her wrong and everything that she sees, she hates in the first book she hates everything she sees and she thinks everything is evil and she tries to kill it because of like right everything is be- everything's opposite to her so everything that's beautiful is evil and vile to her and she wants to kill right mm-hmm. that's how it starts off that's the first story right then a the main character in that story sees her so she he thinks she's beautiful and he makes a person i mean other things happen mm-hmm. like she, the evil woman who thinks everything is evil, she kills one of the people that he makes. Yeah. And so he's like distraught. So he takes this, her blueprint and fixes the blueprint and makes like the perfect person. And she's like, she tells the evil girl, like she meets up with her and the, the evil girl's like, why do you look like me? And what, you know, why aren't you trying to kill me? All this shit. And basically then that girl's like, okay, well, maybe I'm wrong about things. Like, maybe my instincts are, are wrong. And then sh- her, she goes to her, the person, her maker, and is like, will you send me to Earth? This girl's going to Earth with the, her maker. Maybe I can go to Earth, and maybe I'll find s- some meaning there. So she leaves for Earth. Yeah. This is in, like, the third story in the, in the in the anthology. And then she sees, like, murderers and stuff, and she kills them. Yeah. And, and it's – I, I – I really like that story because that the first thir- the first story and the third story like really uh, have like a lot of overlap because they have similar yeah. care they have the same that same character in it and she ends up uh, meeting someone whose like face has a sorceress has like replaced his face with like a demon's face or something like that yeah. and he's like going after that sorceress and so she teams up with that guy to go after the sorceress and they capture, you know, they, there's, they go on an adventure and they capture the sorceress and they, they end up, uh, going to like something that I thought of like, as like a AI, like a AI God construct thing. And like, they all are supposed to get their comeuppance from it. And they're like, all right, let's do it. So the guy who has like a demon face, like he gets turned back, you know, beauty and the beast style back to his original self she gets her mind fixed to where she doesn't think everything is beautiful is ugly and evil. And then the, um, the woman who turned that guy into a demon, she gets turned into like an old hag because she was like a witch that was like thousands of years old. Yeah. And that's how that story ends. I, I love like all that shit. I mean, I fucking, there's totally about. chocolate what? bits in this beer. So, yeah. so awesome. does that summary that Zach just provided for you change your mind about the story? Mm-hmm. Is that all? <laughs> Not at all. No, <laughs> No, I fell asleep a little bit. All right, so Miguel and I are done with the chocolate beer, so we're going to go to Firestone Velvet Merkin, which Miguel tells me a Merkin. I mean, I, the reason why I put this beer out, because I thought Merkin sounded wizard-esque. <laughs> like Merlin. Can, can I drink out of that glass? Because there's chocolate in this glass now, and like a significant amount. What? So you don't like chocolate? So what's no, a Merkin? I do, but I just what's don't want to mix it with An that. artificial covering of hair for the pubic area. That's a Merkin. 
and they use it in Hollywood when they're you know when they're sex scenes and stuff. So Firestone Walker, um, I don't know if uh, that's what you meant to do, but hopefully this beer does not taste like pubic hair, <laughs> like a velvet oh. merkin. Kind of does though. Yeah, this is way not as good as the last beer. Yeah, it's a oh. It's an oatmeal stout, bourbon barrel aged. Oh, it's why does the it bourbon. come in its own it's little the bourbon, like man packaging like that? That's I've never seen a single beer come in a package. Yeah, it, it, it was given as a it was given as like a gift. It's like a promo to me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So this is like the best beer I've ever had. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's dope. Actually, yeah. our sponsors. Yeah, uh, actually, I don't like oatmeal stouts that much. So yeah, you know. Oh, thanks for the gift, <laughs> Firestone Walker. <laughs> Zach, you want to answer that? Yeah. Oh, no, I was just doing some research. Oh, I thought you were looking at your phone. <laughs> I was looking at your... <laughs> your I was, right I was right looking at the unsolicited dick pic that you sent me. <laughs> well, you, you, bitch. you sent him a pic? What happened? Yeah, well... You know. Well, I mean, he sends it to me. He's not sending it to you. Though. Yeah, well, I want to know. Well, send him the send It's because Zach sent send him the pic. He doesn't mind girth. And words. <laughs> look, 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 look. Are you drunk, Miguel? I, already? Here, here's the thing, Miguel. I don't like, I have a really wide butthole, but not very deep. So you can really shove a fist okay, in there, so but only gonna... about an inch. Hey, so long, is... skinny, dude. He ain't long, but he's skinny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it will snap, but it's gonna snap. <laughs> You ever seen string cheese? <laughs> <laughs> Same color, too. <laughs> you said you like that last story the most, which is like... The fifth story. The fifth story is about the guy who wants to be super smart, and he... Right, so the guy, the kid asks questions or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he asks questions, and then and he's he, like, "Shut up, goddamn it!" <laughs> yes, the, uh, yeah, yeah, and then he he it ends up with them going to a museum, which has like kind of they say they call them demons or ghosts, but yeah. I I see them as like kind of like AI constructs, like in the yeah. museum, like yeah. artificial intelligences that have been stuck in the museum. I guess yeah. I don't know. Nothing stuck with me. When when I so, so like my brain was pretty, it was well lubed, you okay. know. So like the, the no, right you, now, yeah. No, no, no aspect of of any of the story really stuck with me. I just remember like in the moment, like I was I was, I was texting you guys or whatever. <laughs> like that's all I remember about Jack Vance, basically. You, you, that last bit, you were like, yeah. I like that one exactly. Story. Oh, that last story is my favorite story. Oh wait, no, that one. You know, that's it's, that one. It's kind of funny because like I that last story, like I kind of lose it by the end because it's it's really long and there's like I it peaks where he goes to this village and they're like he steps off the path and into the grass and um the village is like oh you've transgressed and now you know we'll put you to death unless you do this thing and that thing is you have to look at all of our women and see which one's the hot. Say which one's the hottest. Yeah. And he, they're all like super hot, yeah. and they're all trying to look ugly. And then he picks like the hottest one, and I, and then it peaks like at that moment. He's like, all right, this is the hottest one. And then they start walking. And like he's like, all right, well then now y'all gotta go to that thing called the museum. He wants to go to the museum because he wants to be smart. Yeah. And then they want to send them to the museum to like sacrifice them to like. Some god or yeah. some, I don't know, some, yeah. something stupid. I don't know because it's like 
I've read that story like twice now, and it's just like it's just by the end of it, I there's like a whole bunch of try fail cycles inside of the museum that I don't remember what yeah. happens at all because it's just it's just fucking kind of boring. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of boring. Um, I, I mean, I, I get like that with a lot of books well, and shit, though. But to be I, honest, I appreciate Jack the Dying Earth's place. In you know the 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 um, the, the contest <laughs> in the genre, but it's not like it's my favorite shit that we read. Well, yeah. I do have to point a couple things out. So I read uh, "Songs of the Dying Earth," which is a tribute to uh, Jack Vance, which is a bunch of stories set in his Dying Earth universe. Uh, so with his milieu. And it's got, like, Robert Silverberg. It's got Mike Resnick. Even though I met Mike Resnick and I told him, I was like, hey, I read your story in this anthology. It's like, it's awesome. He's like, yeah, I don't like Jack Vance. The only reason I was in that anthology is because George R. R. Martin saw that I uh, dressed up as uh, the Unstoppable or the... I don't know. The the dude with all the the eyeballs. He Uh wears a cape of eyeballs. I forget I forget his I, name, I but he like he's you. the third story. <laughs> yeah, y'all y'all are this. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, my, <laughs> well, I, I was like meeting. That sounds like a humble brag right there. <laughs> well, the only reason I'm in that anthology well, yeah. was because I was wearing a costume, and George R. R. Martin thought so, I was a dope writer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude. I, I mean, like, I just like complimented your story and like said that like I was like, dude, I love Jack Vance, and he's like. I don't like Jack Vance. The only reason I'm in, in that anthology is because at Worldcon 1976, I dressed up as this character from the Dying Earth, and and George R. R. Martin saw it and was like, sent me the invite, and I was like, yeah, I'll be in your anthology. And I was like, <laughs> dude, this cool. Is, this is 1976 before cosplaying was cool. So he was, yeah. So I mean, this guy was drowning in in, John in his own cup. <laughs> he was drowning in that Merkin. Anyway, so yeah, there's there's a bunch of a. Uh, really good people in that anthology and I, I uh, recommend it. But And then I also read the first uh, so the Dying Earth has other, so there's the Dying Earth and then there's Kujol's there's Eyes of the Overworld and then Kujol's Saga and then there's another novel too. Y'all would actually legit like Kujol's Saga because Jack Vance like became a better writer after yeah. he wrote the Dying Earth because you can tell like the, those characters like he they're cool, but they're not like... They're like 2D. Yeah, they're 2D. Cujo yeah. is like this guy who's kind of a shitbag, but he's like he's the main character, and it starts off like the very first story, or it's not a story, it's like a, it's a novel. Like I'm, I just read the first chapter thinking it was like a short story. He, he's a sales... He's a, like a salesman at a booth, and his booth's not selling shit, and he goes to the booth next to him that's, like, selling everything. And the guy's like, hey, this wizard is, like, gonna buy a bunch of shit from my booth, and it's gonna take him, like, an hour. So, since you haven't been selling shit, maybe you could, like, go, while he's gone for a whole hour, go steal a bunch of shit from his house, and then I'll sell it, and then we'll split it. And he's like... Yeah, okay. And so he, and then he goes and he goes and he, yeah, he goes and he gets caught. And the wizard is such a douchebag. He's like, he, he's acting like, oh, it's so nice to see you here with all my stuff in your hands. You know, I, I don't really like uh, thieves and stuff. 
and like the way he his yeah. dialogue is like it's it's like a different person wrote the dialogue yeah. because his dialogue is so great and he's so snide and so yeah. shitty and he's like oh and he he puts this thing inside of it's like a creature that wraps around uh Kujil's, um liver and whenever he thinks about not doing this shit for the wizard it like squeezes around his liver so oh. he's like has to like do this shit yeah. for the wizard it sounds so, a little bit like uh the monkey treatment, monkey treatment yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but it's like inside of him yeah. and it's like spiky right. or whatever so i don't know it's a uh, it's funnier yeah. like it has like a more like a darker sense of humor and the dialogue's like way better cool. you, you, um, know, you know what i was thinking is like this is the first time in a couple episodes where we didn't actually have a comic book Right? There are two comic That's books. That's what I was going to ask you. There are two comic books, but I opted out because I felt like they didn't fit the genre enough. What are their names? So one's Rick Remender's Low. I think that's Rick Remender. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I talked to Brittany, and she was she's read a lot of it. She she does say that. Who's Brittany? Uh, Brittany's the comic book girl that stays late at the parties. She, I gave her uh, your your parties. Yeah, my okay. parties. I, I gave her my um, uh, demons quest, and she gave me a couple of glasses. Sure, I don't know if you saw. Okay, my demons quest print. Okay. Anyways, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, so that's her, and she knows a lot about. She reads a lot of comic books, and she, and uh, so I was just asking her about it, and it just seems like it's just far future. But I mean, it's maybe it's technically dying Earth, but maybe we could cover it next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, well, if, I, if no, you I want just, to, no, no, I just if you want to read more of this stuff. You hated. <laughs> no, no, I just I thought it was interesting. And normally we have a comic book, and we didn't have, and I didn't know if it was because, as we were discussing previously, there's not a lot well, of dying Earth. Maybe we should do low. Okay. What's the, Wait, What's the other one? You said there was two. I forget what the other okay. one was, but low, low was like the bigger low. Well, no, I think they were both image books. Well, so because uh, well, a dying earth because Kirkman has a new comic book called Oblivion. Song. Oblivion song yeah. looks fucking good, but that's it's I, not just dying just earth. based off of the imagery. It looks like it's just uh, post apocalyptic. Okay, I know because I was like gonna buy it today, but then I was like, ah, it's only like two issues in. I was yeah. like, I don't like to read shit when it's only two issues in because I get like this is so awesome, and then I gotta wait like three months. Yeah. To resolve the arc. Anyways, um, yeah, let's read low for next time. And the reason I say that is because uh, I just thought, like, Rick Remender also does Black Science, which is science fantasy, which is kind of like a multiverse. It's kind of like, um, uh, have you read Zelazny? No. All right, well, it's like a batshit Zelazny story. But, like... Good. I mean, not as good as Zelazny, but good. Okay. So, like, uh, since maybe he can blend genres, maybe Low is good. Okay. Um, cool. Anyway, so I, I obviously I have to give like Dying Earth like it's it's very informative for me just because it's like it, it is one of those stories that I or uh, novels that I read when I was like really really getting into short yeah. stories. Um, so it resonates with me and because of the setting, you know, it's a setting piece. 
So, I mean, yeah. the characters aren't amazing. Yeah, I was neutral on it. I understand it's like foundational, mm-hmm. but at the same time, um, nothing was super memorable. And I, it, I would suggest someone who doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like this is their bag. Don't read all the stories at once. You know, like read one story and give yeah. yourself time to like digest it. Um, because you, you like me, I, my brain is slippery. I, I didn't remember anything. Didn't retain a damn thing. Yeah. Basically, uh, I'm right there with you. Um, so there's another set of beers in the fridge and that really, and it's called sunset and that really matches with the, yeah. So I'm going to grab that. Does anyone want water? All right. All right. uh, So, uh, so we're doing the last Gene Wolfe book of the dying sun, book one, which is called book of the, of the new sun. Did I say dying sun? You did. Book of the new sun. What a fucking idiot. Volume one, shadow and claw. And we're only talking about the Shadow of the Torture, right? Yeah, which is the first book. The first book of the first volume. Yeah. Which was originally published as just a book in like... Yeah. 84 or 86, something like that. Loved it. So, Ooh, yeah, I want to... I want to... I wanna, uh, Miguel, what did you think of it? Dude, stop starting with me. No, no, we have to start with you. <clears throat> oh, you got notes. Oh. No, 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 no. I'm looking at the our... our Oh, you're looking at what, what, you're, what to hate next? Yeah, man. Uh, it was definitely a book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a lot to say. I I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. You didn't like you didn't like Thikla? No. Severian? You didn't like no. Aegea? You didn't like Dorcas? Dorcas? <laughs> you Baldander? Baldanders is the shit. Baldanders no. is like a main as fuck character. And too. then we still got to read three <clears throat> other books on this, and I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. So you know, you were saying like, it's like the New Yorker article said this is like a coming of age kind of Bildung's Roman. Yeah, is, is yeah. that what you right? Yeah, I wasn't positive Excuse on how to me? pronounce it, so I said coming of age. <laughs> um, Come on, use those SAT words. Which is funny because you were like, it's not, but there are there are aspects of it that are. Yeah. Maybe in like the first two chapters. No, maybe not, not even the first like the, up until Thecla dies. He's talking about bullying people and yeah. why well, you shouldn't. Uh, 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 up which, until Thecla, she's like his first love, basically. The one the lady who killed herself. He does talk about a lot of bitches. Yeah, yeah. Or, but, there's a lot of Theclas, isn't it? Or no, 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 no. There's a there's a term they use before it. There's a whore. Oh, oh, you're talking about. Um, oh, you're talking about. What, what, like her, her, like title. Yeah. Which is basically a whore, right? For is that Autark? Yeah, 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 yeah. What? What's the title? What's the? Every, every, every one of them has a title. Like it was like Clement, Clint, Clentine, or something like that. No, this sucks. Clotilda. <laughs> Clintzilla. My dad said he was going to name my sister Clotilda. Yeah. And he, like, doesn't get why it's not a good idea. Or, like, he's serious 100%? I don't know. But that's I not the he's type. trolling you. He is trolling all the time, but he said that shit in front of my stepmom and mom and shit. And it's like, <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, Chattelene. Chattelene. Yeah. Said, yeah, okay. Chattelene. Okay. So I don't know if that's a whore or whatever, but. It seemed to be Ooh. like it was uh, a hua. So, so she's being tortured because. Okay, well let's let's back up. Yeah. So, Sh- Shadow of the Torture is about Severian. He's the main character. It's written in first person. It's about a torture from perfect a, memory from a guild. I, yeah, I yeah. love that. He's like he just 
never fucking shuts the fuck up about saying that he's got a perfect memory. Yeah. And by the way, my memory's perfect, so... <laughs> yeah, he says he's, he's, that's like a preference for every other sentence. Yeah. Um, this story, unlike the other stories, doesn't use a fuck ton of imagery. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's so weird that it's so based on Jack Vance tropes in ways, but, like, it's... So it's like the opposite in writing. Instead of a third person, it's, it's first person. Totally character driven. Yeah, it's instead of like setting driven, it's character driven. Yeah. In, instead of a uh, like long exposition of imagery, it's like you you barely hear little things like in the first chapter you you hear someone discharging a firearm or something yeah, they, they say they, they mention use it like almost in passing yeah they he, everything right. severian mentions that's world building he mentions in passing yeah. and it's just like these little things that you you pick up like um the glass of he's like oh this sand that artists use in their artwork is the sand of a millennium, a millennia of different cities that have died yeah. over and over again. It's just like the remnants of their old glass, like their old whatever beer bottles, like towers, <laughs> like everything that they had is glass. It's like a mul- it's like colored sand that's like a million yeah. different colors, yeah. but like it's just remnants of an old of of thousands of old cities, things like that, like. Like that some people have guns and some people they he also mentions that some people have uh, staves that are like power staves uh-huh. or something like that. That, that like like they're almost got the feeling like they're um, so, yeah, you saw the latest Star Wars where there were energy weapons. Yeah. It kind of sounded like that, yeah. that, that they were a spear that could also shoot. Yeah. At the same time. Kind of like Final Fantasy VIII Gunblades. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Miguel's just falling asleep. You guys both looked at me. I was like, oh. And this episode, you can listen to Miguel taking a nap. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, so I like those character-driven. The world-building... They don't just... He doesn't shit it out in one chapter. Oh, nah, he gives you clues. Yeah, there's little clues, little taste. piece and that but, shit no, 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 together. But, but it, unfolds, it unfolds in a way that's very satisfying. You know? And you kind of like, who's the Autark? You know? And you just get little pieces of brutality. And it's almost like... I don't know. It's a, There's such a mystery behind the whole power structure so he's, in the society. Yeah, he is the... He's a torturer, and all of the clients, all the people that he tortures are people that he's torturing from what we can understand is at the Autark's orders, right? Right. So these are... This motherfucker's burping. This motherfucker's yawning. This motherfucker's sleeping. But what you do know, and what I would... Well, I hope that everyone are, like understands as they first read it, is that... Um, the first person that he runs into, like the very first thing that he runs into is a, um, what are, like a rebel. What's his name? Oh, uh, Votalist. Votalist yeah. is a rebel against the Autark. And they don't just like, they never flat out say that, but you understand that because he runs into him and then he's like, 
I can't talk. And Vodalist or someone has the gun. I forget. I don't know. So yeah. like, so not Vodalist, but one of the Vodalist's followers. Yeah. I don't know. Well, he shows up uh, later, right? Yeah. Um, Vodalist is a. He's not a main character, but yeah, he, he definitely shows up later. And the reason that Thecla is being tortured is because her he meets her sister in that first chapter. And she has that same face, that yeah. heart-shaped face or whatever. Yeah. Um, and she is uh, Vodalis's girl, yeah. basically. And so that's why they're they're torturing her, and they're trying to find out where Vodalus is um, at the Autarch's behest. But none of that is explained. Like, none of that is just stated. It's just, like, you have to infer all of this shit. Yeah, I mean, but, but it's, it's, I think the, it's done masterfully. There's a couple things in this in the story that like really hit me in a weird way, where he's talking about the dog that's really like scraggly, yeah. unloved, and he spends a lot of time describing the dog being like like you know on on death's doorstep, totally unloved, scraggly, and then it's brought back to life because somebody loves it, mm-hmm. right? But there's a parallel to Thecla, where she comes in scraggly, right? He loves her, right? But after her first torture, which that torture scene is incredibly dark, you know. Um, um, but it doesn't use a shit ton of imagery, right? But but the, the sparseness of of the imagery creates this really dark thing because they talk about I mean, she's getting electrocuted basically, yeah. and there's like you know, but 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 they take her through all of the torture devices, yeah. up until the one she stops at. Yeah, she wants to see the rest of us. No, no. We stop here, right? Uh, and she realizes, oh, this is the rest of my life. Yeah, and, and so and, and he like allows her mouth to... all fucking yeah, 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 yeah. And oh, so, the, so there's like a little bit of a parallel between the dog. It's like the dog has no idea what the future of its life holds, right? Mm-hmm. It just it, if it's loved, it can become back to life. Uh, but it's a stupid dog, and it, and it loves unconditionally. Thecla, who loves Severian, or there's a, there's a there's a kinship there. She she loves Severian. She says this multiple yeah. times. She, the only reason she loves or interacts with Severian is because he's there. Is because she's the the right. only option. She says she right, pretty right. much says that yeah, flat right. out. One hundred percent. The the other thing though is that it it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make it to a dog. You can be at death's doorstep and the next day be fine. But the dog has no way of knowing that. Thecla gets tortured. Is like, oh, this is the rest of my life? Fuck this, dude. Like, let me kill myself. Yeah. And so she kills herself. Well, he gives well, her he the gives knife. Her, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, that, I mean, th- that, that parallel between the dog and her and, like, the difference between a human and, and an animal, that, like, hit me fucking hard. He Dr. Kevorkian's it. Yeah, I mean, but it, it was just... I don't know. I, I thought it was it was it was a beautiful kind of parallel, um, and, and that was when that was when the book picked up for me. That was like, okay, I'm 100 percent in. So I tried to read this as like a like 13 year old Zach, yeah, in between beating people up, yeah, and uh, yeah, it was it was too it was too difficult. Like I, I got to that point, and I was just like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, like. Yeah. There's people. It's uncomfortable because it doesn't explain the setting. It doesn't explain anything. So I get it. Like if you're not, if 
if, if you that read at a thirteen year old level like I do, then you're not gonna you're not gonna do this. Why No, nah, man, you you liked uh, plenty of good shit. But um, you like the Dodgers, man. So so you take that back. So uh, Severian has mercy on her. He gives her the knife. She kills herself, and then he just straight up says, "Hey, I did this." To the yeah. torturers guild, and they're like, "Oh well, we got to figure out what we're going to do with you because we, we got to kill you, or we got to we got to torture you, or we got to do something to make this right because our client's going to be pissed off that you just let the mark he's kill only, itself. He's only spared because it would be an embarrassment yeah. for them to know. Well, also they're they're like, we don't." We're not the rule makers. We 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 don't cast judgment. We just we would um, be as bad. Yeah. Right. All we do is we we're, we're ordered. We yeah. we take the orders and then we'll, yeah. we'll, we 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 take it out. So they're essentially like paper pushers. They're like, yeah. give us well, the orders and we'll do yeah. it. But we to, can't get orders. To anymore. be honest, if you tortured people every day for a living, you would try to. If you had any kind of moral <laughs> scope. You know, you you would likely try to put that off on someone like, hey, I don't. It's a banality. It's, 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 it's not me yeah. that's doing this. It's, not, that's your orders, man. I'm I'm not torturing this person. That's you. I You're just, ordering. I was just doing. I was just doing yeah. my job. So the, the, those type of really really fucking subtle things, yeah. um, I I just love yeah. about about this, especially on the, on the second read, which I like. You catch so much more. Um, like what the fuck is actually happening, especially in the second half, because um, basically they give him Terminus Est, which is this sword that's like a shaped like a square or whatever. It's you know it's, it doesn't have a tip, but what do they call them? Uh, justice swords yeah. that are flat on top, but they have bla- they have a blade on the right and the left side, and the left you know one side he uses for women, one side he uses for men, and it's like a beheading blade. And they actually, like, that's, like, a real thing. Like, just look up Justice Blades, and that's what Terminus S looks like. But inside of it, it's it's also, he's, it's, the, it's the length of a coffin. And um, Severian is extremely tall. In fact, they say a couple times that people might think that he is a, uh, what do they call it? A um, exaltant. Yeah. So exaltant. In my, I think exaltants are these people that have been genetically manipulated to be super tall. So, do you and, want to beat them up? Because yeah, yeah, tall. I was just super pissed. But, um, so they, it's as tall as he is. He thinks it's like in this case that's like a, the size of a coffin. So this is extremely large blade um, that's like beautiful, and inside of it is filled with mercury. And so liquid mercury. So when he lifts it, it slides down to the base of the hilt. And then when he thrusts it down, uh, it weighs down and it, and it gets heavy. So it's heavier. Like they even say, like it's uh, light to lift heavy to swing. And basically because it's a judge, an executioner's blade, that's like the, allegory there is just like it's it's meant to be like really easy to lift up but it's it's a heavy thing to to behead someone so that's kind of like what they're getting there but he like later he he actually uses the blade yeah later in the story but have have you guys uh discussed like the different guilds 
Well, there's a witch's guild, yeah. and then there's, well, there's the torturers. There's the librarians. Or there's the librarians that he visits, and there's the blind librarian, and they immediately take a liking to him because they know that he's super smart, that he has a... He's memory. curious and yeah. all that. Yeah. Well, I was, I was talking um, to Andrew yesterday, and... It felt like to me these guilds because we're talking about millions of years in the in in the in our future, right? Mm-hmm. It just felt like the unions, like how what the unions would evolve to, like mm-hmm. our present day unions would evolve to millions of years from now. So, like the fucking teachers' union or the I'm, I'm sure the librarians would be in with the teachers. So that's just a union just that evolved mm-hmm. millions of years. I don't know what executioners may, uh, maybe the police union. No, no, they'd be a message. The, the Acropolis is uh, <laughs> a police okay. union. Yeah. Well, you know where it takes place, right? Where does it take place? Like fit like ac- yeah. where it actually takes place yeah. is like a uh, um, in Chile or something like that. Like if you, if you look at the map it's just of South America. It takes place in South America. Oh, okay. So you can assume... Where the fuck is the map? So look at the map. Is that what it's saying? So so it takes place in Santiago or yeah. something? Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically like Nessus is in that, that little... What is that? The western coast of South America is basically where this novel starts out. Yeah. Where Nessus is. Where this city... Once he leaves the citadel... There's a city surrounding the citadel, and it's described as having a, a million roofs on top of each other. So it's just a bit, I see it as like the city that's been built on a city that's been built on a city. Yeah. Kind of like in um, Ready Player One. God damn it. CJ uh, or, or whatever her name was. Yeah. Where they built Paris. They couldn't. They couldn't build up anymore, so they built down. They built down. Yeah, yeah. it's a catacomb. But the, yeah. but in this, it's like they do talk about the roofs of all of the houses, and then they talk about how it looks on the streets a little bit, like when he's driving. But <clears throat> so they cast him out because someone on the other side of the map needs a, a executioner. Yeah. And they're like, you know, we got to get you out, and it's embarrassing, and, right. you know, we can't be the judge to kill you. They get, they list these reasons, right? Up until that point, I think the pacing is fine. It's, it's normal pacing for epic fantasy. After, once he gets into the city, it's fucking insane. He meets... Doctor, yeah, I forgot the doctor's name, but but he's also a b- Baldander. Ba- yeah, Baldanders is well. You don't need to as long as you remember Baldanders. Yeah. That's better than remembering the doctor's name. So, and then there's uh, the um, actress that they meet with with them as well, and then so this doctor and Baldanders. They're like, hey, come join us. We're um, a troubadour. We're like, we're, we're like a group of like uh, actors, and you can be in our play. And he's like, oh yeah, sure, I'd love to be in that. And then he's just like, yeah, fuck off, and just like walks away. And then he's like, yeah, I need to hide the this fulgen cloak. By the way, the fulgen cloak is like that's like made of actual material that's like real now. Where. His cloak that he wears—that's the other thing that the guild gives him—is this this cloak that it that does not reflect light. So it can be folded, and the light does not reflect it. So right. it's just this really cool. It's like Vanta black. Yeah, it's like as black as black can be. Yeah. You know? 
Charlie Murphy black. Yeah. <laughs> All right, rest in peace. Um, <laughs> is Charlie Murphy dead? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I need to log back into Facebook. That was like 2016, Bala. The pacing goes from like like a normal pacing to like insanity. He yeah. he like he meets all these people and he's like, all right, well, fuck off. And and then he meets uh, these two, this brother and sister who own this market or uh, store. Yeah. God damn it. And he's just like, I just need... Take sip. Yeah. He's just like, I need just, I just need a jacket or something to cover this cloak, right? So I'm not... I don't have a target on my back. And they're like, oh, we want to buy your sword. We want to buy your jacket. Yeah. Like, like, we want to buy... And by the way, do you, are you a Game of Thrones watcher? Yes. I'm a so, watcher, not a reader. So, so you're, not, you're a watcher, not a reader. So apparently uh, Gene Wolfe is incredibly uh, influential on George R. R. Martin and that incestuous relationship between the brother and the sister yeah. is the Cersei and Jamie. Cersei and Jamie the the uh, inception for Cersei yeah. and Jamie okay um and he and he cites like uh Gene Wolfe as being like incredibly you yeah. know influential on, on his that. work I could see that especially uh don't they have a, a around the citadel there's like or around that town there's like a, a the wall yeah there you yeah, go. and then the around walls, the wall, like, it, 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 they talk about the how enormous the wall is too. Because like you can get a, you get an idea for the scope of it from far away. When you yeah. get there, it's like, well, yeah, the, yeah. They, they, they talk about how the clouds are forming around it. Yeah, I I love how build that he, wall. Yeah, he always relates the way the 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 way things look from where he grew up, like where he was looking out from the yeah. Citadel. The Citadel is where he grew up as a, uh, as a torturer, as a journeyman and as a apprentice, he would look out at, at this river and at all, all of these things. And he would see little white lines. And then when he gets up there, he's like, it's like this huge city. But anyways, so he's a, a accosted by or uh, affronted by a uh, person that's like, "Hey, I'm going to challenge you to the death." Yeah, and then there there's like a sword, a flower. What, what's the flower? Like he has to go get a flower to. That was actually one of the cooler things I thought. If if um, I'm thinking what you're thinking about, where like uh, he can use the one of the flowers as a weapon. Yeah, yeah, that was that was kind of cool. It was kind of a, a little. Uh, oh yeah, I forget the name of it, but <clears throat> it's essentially it's a stock sort of thing, right? Yeah, and you just break it off, and then you got a fucking ready-made weapon. Yeah. yeah, so he he's supposed to use he's supposed to get that and use that shit, but way I mean way before he even gets to that point, like the twin of the brother that owns the pl- that owns the the shop that. You know, he was affronted this noble and apparent, supposedly. He tells him, like, well, you got to go get this flower to battle this guy because that's that's the only way that you can fight this guy, like, to make it right. Otherwise, he's going to assassinate you because he challenged you to the death or whatever. And this is the the only way that the, the battle is flower thing or whatever, right? So when he's with this guy's sister... They crash into like a, a church, but everything is written very chaotically, yeah. and you don't pick up on very subtle things on the first read through. That Aegea, the guy's twin, yeah. 
the the kind of evil shop owner's twin sl- steals um, an artifact from this worshiping uh, sect and puts it in his Severian's belongings. They trust Severian, but they don't trust her. They search her. They don't trust. They they don't search Severian. So it's in Severian. So he falls into like later in the story. Uh, he's in basically a, what do they call? I call it a museum for a garden museum. What do they call that? Botanical yeah, garden. Right. Taylor. So he's in this botanical garden that has all kinds of like science fictiony things going on, but he never explains it as science fiction. He's like, well, they have like desert climate flowers. They there's have like a annihilation aspect to that whole thing too. Yeah. Where you get things are different in the yeah, garden. It's very, very close to annihilation. That's a, that's a good. That's a deep cut, right there. That's a deep cut. Yeah, yeah that's good. Um, but then there's like bog people, right? Yeah. And which was fucked up. All right. So what do you think happened? So he. So there's like the bog people, and then explain to me what you, well, so you, your interpretation of what happened. So this is when he goes under, right? Severian and yeah. So he's in. It's towards the end of his. The I think he's already grabbed the stock or whatever. Yeah. But he falls into the bog. Yeah, Thanks. um, you know I, I I don't fucking know what what the fuck happened, but I just remembered it was really strange because basically they they, they put out this they have like a marking system for dead bodies right in mm-hmm. case people want to fish them out and look at them right yeah and so the guy on the canoe or whatever picked them up because they weren't supposed to be there right mm-hmm. did Severian die in there and come back like what the fuck happened. I don't want to ruin anything, but there was someone else that came back with him, right? Yeah. W- w- was that the, it was one of the ladies? Dorcas. Yeah. Neither one of our mothers is, are going to read this story. So, 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 so Dorcas is a main character, yeah. like more main character than anybody else, yeah. except for Severian. Yeah. And Dorcas is like tagging along. And this is at the point that I actually didn't catch up all the way. And I had to like, wi- I, but I've already, right. I've already read this. Probably like four or five years ago. But on my second read through, you realize so much shit that like what's actually happening. And like, because you've already read what happened after. Yeah, because I've already read what's happened after. So tell us. I, I, okay. So do you know, I'm not sure exactly where the story ends, but do you know what was stolen from the, sect of people. Uh, I can't recall exactly. But do you know so you, something yeah. was stolen? Right, yeah, yeah. I remember, okay. what, I remember that he discovers it. Okay. So I will say that that has a huge effect on, like, that he found that in his belongings. Yeah. So that has an effect. So he is killed when he gets, like, he gets killed by that thing. Right. By, by, but, but he um, is revived Basically. Okay. And, um... Is this some I, I, snow I, shit? Yeah, I, I don't... Yeah, I get... Yes. But, but I don't want to get too into reveals because there's a lot of, like, what the fuck moments that I have on my second read-through. Like, okay. Everything is seated. When he has a dream, when he's, he sleeps next to Baldander's... Yeah. Um, and he, and they get into like a, a a very intense dream 
that literally describes everything up through the third book. Just straight up, like, yeah, that's exactly what all, all the shit that he describes in that dream happens. On a second read-through, you're like, oh, shit, that's all foreshadowing. All of that shit happens. Yeah. Like, like with the marionettes, yeah. uh, there, there's, like, a part where two marionettes are fighting. Yeah. If you reread that, having read the third book, you're like, whoa. Okay. Fuck. So there's, like, some some cool stuff happening. And this actually, he, uh, Severian is writing this, I think, at the beginning of the third book. So he, he different, okay. he's writing oh, these things at different points. Right. So this, this takes place, he's writing it. As himself yeah, in the third cause, book. Because okay. he, he actually references that he's in jail when he's writing this. Okay. I don't know if you, you picked that up, but he, yeah. he does it like two or three times. He's It's so quick. Like, yeah. he, they never dwell on a fucking thing in this. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that second half, like, if I want to be critical of this, the second half is like... The first time you read it, for me, it's like an insane person wrote it. Well, like, it's crazy because almost every chapter ends in a weird cliffhanger. Yeah. But so much shit happens from chapter to chapter, it's hard to keep up with, like, characters' names and shit like that. Did, but but the, to me, it's like, okay, I, I'm not one of those per- people who, who dwell on names so much because I know if those names keep showing up that I'll remember them and I remember that they're important, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it's hard. It, it was hard to keep up with it. I don't know. What did you think about? It? You, you listened to it, right? You you listened to it. Spider Man dies. Uh, Black Panther dies. Um, fucking Star Lord dies. Star Lord's a whiny little what? Bitch, though, dude. Were we talking about something else? Uh, Tony Stark dies. Uh, John Snow dies. Die. Yeah. Tony Stark. No, Tony Stark didn't die. <laughs> I'm trying to throw off the fucking... Because I'm going to have to bleep that whole thing out. Uh, God yeah. damn it, man. I was... Sorry. I, I, I'm not aware of he's like nerd precepts. Insane. I don't want... He's spoiling the entire Infinity War right man. now. And you're unspoiling my my shape, my smoke yeah. bomb that I just threw. Gamora dies. Uh, Drax But But Gamora dies. actually dies, though. If they're going back to 1940s... Captain America, they can fucking save Gamora. No, I think Gamora's. I think Gamora's probably dead. Get Gamora's, the fuck out of here, but you know, go back to what's going to happen. Yo, the they, next Avengers is going to take place on the other side, where they all disappeared to. Yeah, they disappeared to. <laughs> <laughs> you did the blinky no, guy. No, you did the no. Blinky guy. Wait, how did how did Thanos or Thanos know that once he snapped his fingers, he wasn't going to be part of the fifty percent? Wait. Oh, here's the other thing. He's like, <sighs> he did. It's a, it's such a weird number. Like, oh, the Infinity Stones, they're so powerful, but all they do is kill fifty percent of life. <laughs> yeah. Like, that seems pretty you stupid. Know, straight up though, they killed, could drive. They killed way more than fifty percent of the Avengers, though. Falcon dies. They call they killed uh, all of Phase Two and Three Avengers. <laughs> That's for fucking sure. Yeah, uh, Groot died. Um... Yeah, man. It's it's like all but the original cast and Rocket Raccoon. Rocket Rock, <laughs> Raccoon stays alive. Yeah, Rabbit stays alive. Ra- oh, I lo- okay, let's. That whole bit is getting cut. All right, what the fuck? Yeah, what do you think about Thecla? No, we're talking about uh, 
Well, it was about oh, the, okay. the, the frenetic pacing. No. The, yeah, yeah, that my, pacing. My, my favorite the, part of this whole, fuck whatever you guys are talking about. My favorite part of this whole book is, is a throwaway line, probably, uh, is when they say something to the effects of, um, yeah, your guild, they've heard of it, but barely. Like, you're just, they're saying that in society, people barely know you. Yeah, okay. There is no throwaway lines in this entire fucking thing. Yeah, I love it because, like, you're so ingrained in this story, so invested in this story, and you think this is the world. But with that one line, it tells you that isn't the world. I want to know the world that isn't that. That's the world that I'm interested in. You know, isn't the torturous? No. Here's what I really enjoyed that line, too, was... uh, because when you're in something and, you know, there's a lot of code and conduct, and, you know, that they go into it, it feels like it's the most important thing in the world. But when he goes out and interacts with other guilds, like, oh, what are you, what are you, what are you, where are you guys at again? <laughs> oh, that fucking necropolis over there, dude? That's where I'm at. Okay? It's kind of like when I tell other people that I have a podcast. <laughs> They're like, what? You have a, you have so a, are you gay? <laughs> They're like, What's a what, podcast? What's a podcast? Uh, uh, I play video games. <laughs> you read that? books? <laughs> what are those? Me and my friends read books and we talk about them. What? Yeah. That's exactly uh, what it feels yeah, like. Yeah, no, yeah. That was my favorite line in... They're like, but what TV shows have yeah. you watched? And you're yeah. like, uh... uh no. No, I... You ever see Jeopardy? <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't think that there is like a single wasted line in this. It's just, especially there's these things that seem so inconsequential uh, when you're reading them. Like, oh, he randomly, like it just seems so random that they crash into this altar. Yeah, they're in a, a cart or a horse drawn carriage or maybe like. A more sci-fi thing. It's not very. It's not described yeah. particularly well. And then they just crash into this, this like uh, religious order. Yeah. And that's super important. That's not just arbitrary. Like that affects the entire story. Not only that. That affects that. That that's like. I don't know. It's it's just crazy. All of the. He plotted this out. How did this feel in comparison to like a normal novel that you read versus a serialized novel? Because this felt to me very reminiscent of something like Alfred Bester, where every every chapter was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Like just going at that frenetic pace of Alfred Bester. So so you really notice this. Every chapter except for the last one is almost the exact same length. Mm-hmm. Like the same amount of pages. They all kind of end on this uh, ambiguity. Mm-hmm. And it picks right up in the next chapter. They don't have the best endings for chapters. No, but they're, but, but they're like cliffhangers, so it feels like a serialized thing. Oh. I, I, that's what I mean. That, the reason why I liked it so much was that I couldn't really put it down. And so there's times where I, I put the book down because I had to go to sleep. Um, and it's because I think the endings were like hanging. hanging each chapter kind of kind of hung. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. Um, 
in terms of uh, how I write against other novels. There's a so Herman Hess has a book called Narcissus and Goldman, mm-hmm. and it's actually it's a coming of age book, and it's similar. It's structured similarly, especially when we're talking about the the women, and he talks about women quite a bit. Uh-huh. But it's like a young guy who leaves his uh, is like priest or whatever because he gets older and he's traveling the world and he falls in love and all this kind of stuff, and then he goes back to the priest. The priest is dying. It's very, you know, it's very thinly, it, par, there's parallels. That's a, it just reminded me very vaguely of that book. Um, so, I mean, it felt like a serialized novel, but it also just felt like a regular, you know, it, it didn't feel like extraordinarily out of the realm of a non-serialized. Yeah. Thing. So you, you bring up a good point about the, the women in this, in these stories. It felt to me like they were just pawns, like they were just, Used as as background as fodder for the the guys in the story, like they were basically horse who was horse horse as well, you said. <clears throat> so that to me was less interesting. Um, yeah. Well, so, you so, always find women less interesting. So, okay. so I mean, that was just nice. perfect for you, huh? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. So Severian is like. Yeah, I get where you're saying it, the buildings Rome or the the coming of age because he's he's always looking at women and yeah. he's each woman he's falling in love with. So yeah. the there's three he falls in love with three women in this story. Yeah, yeah. like back to back to back back to back. Yeah. Very so he, he falls in love with uh, um, Thecla. Yeah, and then she kills herself. He falls in love with Aegea, um, who is. A uh, incestuous yeah. bad person, uh, and then he falls in love with Dorcas. I feel like he's a um, unreliable narrator, narrator because, but he has a perfect memory. Yes, he does. But um, what he's saying when he first sees um, Aegea, he's like, he's like, uh, she was all right, but like, I like was like, dang, she's hot. It's like that doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. So basically, where he's writing this at this point, he's like hooked up with Dorcas. Uh, more stuff happens after he's written this in the, the the books, but I feel like what's happened is like he's basically remembering this, and he's just trying to say like, oh, you know, like maybe like Aegea's like, oh, he's like trying to retroactively be like, oh no, she's like. Not that hot. Yeah. Because he says, like, that she's, like, not particularly attractive, but then he keeps saying that she's attractive. Yeah. So I feel like he's kind of at war with himself. He's like, hoping Dorcas, if he, hoping Dorcas doesn't, read, doesn't this, read this shit. But if she does, he's not yeah. sold yeah. on how hot she is. Right? I don't know. I, I feel, and I feel like. Uh, Gene Wolfe is like smart enough to see that in the style of the way it's written. Yeah. Because it's literally written like that. Like, he's like saying, like, he has all these prefaces, like, oh, well, she had like a comely face, but like, for whatever reason, like, I was like really attracted to her. And like, I really was. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, like, right off the bat. He he would be commenting on the Instagram. Like, she's literally so attractive that he walks into her store. And then he says, like, oh, but she wasn't that attractive. Like, get the fuck out of yeah. here. You're, like, you're writing that thinking that's, that Dorcas is going to read this. Yeah. Like, th- that's what I think is yeah. happening. Which is, like, to f- 
as a writer to think about that, this dude's insane. Like, yeah, how the fuck insane. did he think about? Like, how did he think about all balancing all that shit? Yeah. Anyways, what are we, where are we at? Well, um, we, well, I mean, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. This book. <laughs> I was looking at Miguel. While I say this. Do, do you think this man? book is incredible? I think it's one of the best things I've ever read. God damn. <laughs> And I say it's a pass. <laughs> no, it's definitely go read it. I mean, I'm like I'm itching to get to the second volume and the third and the fourth. So, uh, pass. Go ahead. It's it's hard for me to rate it, but I mean, basic. I, I have to say, read it because it's it's insane. Uh, I say, read it twice because this this second reading, I feel like I've it's almost like reading it a first time because there's still so many things that I'm discovering and realizing, Oh, this is what this means. This is what this means. This is what he's talking about now. It's like two out of five gushers for me. Oh man. This is like a whole, this is a whole bulk pack. Bulk. Yeah. This is a whole pack of red gushers. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think, um, the one thing about it is it's so laden with, you know, you're talking about the imagery, the whole thing with the imagery where, like, he doesn't really dwell on anything. No. But it's so laden with imagery, which is, like... It, what do you mean? Like, 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 metaphor. And there's, like, parallels to different people. For and, sure. And the women represent different things. And the way that he is... The way that he's examining everything and he's questioning people's motivations and all that kind of stuff. It's just, like, you know that there's... That this is building to something bigger. Mm-hmm. You know that these mean the, the, all of these observations mean something. Yeah. Right. And so it's just it, ah, you no really- no chapter is just every single sentence is like serving multiple things. You guys never really answered what what, what the women's purpose was in the in this story, other than. Okay, <laughs> women are just titties in this book. <laughs> But I will say they act that they're they have a much more going on than just titties. Like I'm just I, they I, have they have roles. Like Thecla is very involved with the way the plot turns out as far as like who Votalis yeah. is and like all of these things. Like she has a sister, and that her his sister is. Her sister's uh, very similar, like, look is going to affect Severian when he sees her next, when he meets Votalist, if he meets Votalist. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil shit, but, like, there is meaning to all of the characters. It's just that it's from the viewpoint of a, of a kid who's falling in love with every woman that he meets because he's part of a guild that has fucking is a sausage fest. It makes sense that he's like that, right? Yeah. It, I mean, there's a whole bit where he he goes to a whorehouse because he's like... And, and he picks a girl that looks like Thecla. He goes <laughs> once, right? And he's like, oh, I'm good. Yeah. So. Anyways. Because he has respect for women. <laughs> he doesn't like to bribe men pick them too hard. <laughs> you know, he... But, but that's the thing is like... But, but to be honest... He is writing this thinking that Dorcas might read it. So did he just go to 
the whorehouse once. Oh, that's a good point. I you he's an unreliable narrator. It's so I that's the type of shit that I'm like. That's fucking good, Gene. Gene, you got me. All right. Well, any parting words? So, um, I'm gonna hold off judgment until for, uh, for the second part. Typically, what we'll do is we'll record like two parters, but we would have already read all, all the source material. But we haven't read the source material yet, so I'm gonna hold off on it. Fair enough, because I haven't read everything yet, but. This hasn't been my favorite uh, subgenre yet, but I, I do see some uh, some opportunity uh, for you know some good stuff. But you know. would you say it's your least favorite so far? It's definitely my least favorite so far. Yeah, yeah, with without a doubt. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is oh, and um, remember to click on the affiliate links down there. And if you like what you hear. Uh, become a subscriber at oneofus.net. Just for $2, you can become a red shirt and support this project and all the other many and, beautiful podcasts. And you can listen to our bullying podcast, our PSA. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's going to be blocked content for subscribers. Yeah. Yeah. We have a whole bullying. Yeah. We, we go through our, bullying our, segment. our history of how bullying has affected us in our life.